Welcome back to Blog Access 101. I'm your host, Young Hibachi. This is episode 69. I'm here today with my co-hosts, LR, Monica, and Mello. What up, y'all? Good. Hey, man. All right, we're going to jump right into the first topic. Um, who do you think should get the week one start between Cam Newton and Mac Jones? I'll let Monica start off since I know she's an Alabama fan. So, And that's what's weird about this. I am a Bama fan. So essentially for me, you know, of course, Cam Newton, you know, Auburn, um, Mac Jones, Bama, recently drafted. Honestly, I'm going to have to say I'll go with Cam. Um, My reason for going with Cam is simple. I think last year Cam wasn't able to show what he could do with the organization. Um, For me, it was knowing the playbook. And it seems like, just for my opinion, it seemed like the playbook was still more geared towards Tom Brady's style of playing as opposed to Cam's. So hopefully they can make the adjustments and allow him to shine like I know he can. So that's why I would choose Cam over Matt for the week one. All right, all right. I'm pretty much basically the same as what she said. Uh, well, kind of like that, but yeah, Cam. And I just think it's because um, the Pats playbook, like as we've seen Cam struggle with the playbook last year. And I think like when you come in, uh, a Bill Belichick playbook is not something that you can learn like quickly and the first and someone being a rookie and like first year starter uh, with the Pats, you shouldn't be just thrown into that playbook because you'll struggle. And I feel like Cam is better suited to, you know, start and actually excel now that he has a year under his belt with the Pats and he kind of knows how they're going to play. And Bill Belichick kind of knows like Cam's strengths and weaknesses. So hopefully he adjusts the playbook for Cam. And uh, I feel like he's going to have a way better season this year than he did last year. All right, Mello. And um, also just to pick up uh, what both y'all said, also you have to understand that, you know, uh, last year, you know, Cam had COVID. So he missed like a lot to uh, back into a rhythm with, with, inexperience with the playbook and trying to get, you know, your teammates involved. You're going to struggle. I mean, we all saw it. I mean, you're going to start. He started off nice. He started off great his first two games, but he caught COVID. You know, like, I don't I forgot how many games he missed, like maybe four, five, six games. And then, you no, know, just trying to come back and find that rhythm again. And that Bill Belichick uh, system, that's a struggle. So, you know, um, like you said, he got a year under his belt now. Um, I'm – hearing that he's doing great in the camp. He's looking good in his preseason games. So I got Cam, you know, taking this job and Matt and taking the patch far this year. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Cam. Um, just based on what I've, you know, like I said, he was well, sick last year with COVID. I feel like he got used to the playbook now, and I hope that they get the playbook more to him, like Monica said. Um, he has more weapons with John o. Smith. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. It did Aguilar came near. I know my Eagle fan hate Aguilar, but I think it was just Philly. Yeah, that's not a weapon. When he left, when he left Philly, he, he, he forgot how to catch the ball. He remember how to catch the ball again. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with Cam, especially where I didn't see Mac Jones going against the, the uh, starters yet. Maybe they might do that in his last preseason game and just rest Cam to see what they have in Mac Jones. But yeah, for starting week one, I'm definitely going with Cam because you know what he can do against the starting uh, defenses. Um, so, but yeah, we'll say this like long term, Mac Jones is, is going to be amazing. 
Oh yeah. Well, you know, just gotta 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 oh, wait. Oh, turn, man. Oh, oh. I mean, I definitely agree with him being amazing down the stretch. I do agree with okay. that. All right, we're gonna jump right into the second second topic uh, with Draymond and uh, KD interview. I guess I started off. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty good interview. You know, Draymond might might have a career later on once he retired as as a uh, talk show host or something. Uh, it was a pretty good interview. You know, they finally, like a lot of people thought it was just because of Draymond's argument, reason why KD left. Um, well, we all know, I, I think I think that was part of it, but I don't think that was the main part. I thought, it looked like when KD was out there, he, like he wasn't having fun anymore uh, with the Warriors. Like he was like, all right, I got my two rings. Um, I think it's time for me to move on. Because, you know, that's what the, the main reason why he went to Golden State in the first place uh, was to win a ring. And then he got lucky, he got two. Um, so now I feel like he got that that um, the monkey off his back with people like saying, oh, he's, he's good, but he never will win a championship. So now he was free to do whatever. Um, so but I think Draymond Park was just a part of that. Um, we saw earlier in the interview with Bob Myers was trying to suspend Draymond, thinking that was going to get Draymond to change. As we all know, Draymond's always been an outspoken person, even at Michigan State. Uh, so I, I don't know why I thought he was going to change when he came to the NBA. Um, he always had that chip on his shoulder. You got, I mean, you're going to have to have that when you're coming from Saginaw, Mich- Michigan. You're a six-six power forward, uh, so you got to have to play with a chip on your shoulder to have that edge over some, playing against somebody bigger than you. Um, so I laughed at that. I always thought Steve Kerr wasn't a great coach. I just thought he always had great teams, um, as we can saw last year. What happened when Clay was out? Um, you know, Steph Curry did as much as he could, but I always say Steph's. Uh, Steve Kerr was always an average coach at best, and that's really at best. Uh, we saw what Luke Walton did when he went to Warriors when Steve Kerr had that back surgery, and then we saw what, what happened to him. He went to Kings and like the worst coach on, coach on earth. So I feel like, you know, so I feel like Steve Kerr was an issue with that. I, I never really liked his coaching style. And then I, I just think sometimes GMs and owners need to, to stick to doing their own thing instead of trying to be a therapist because – and then, you know, KD was talking about how they tried to – throw it under the rug, and I feel like that made it worse. So, but I'll, I'll let y'all go into it. What you think, Monica? I think that um, the entire situation was mishandled. Um, instead of trying to sweep it under the rug or force a situation to happen, because, I mean, forcing someone to sit in a room with you for an hour and 45 minutes why are you trying to force them to apologize while their wife is sitting outside in the car? That's excessive. And I think that had they allowed cooling temper, tempers to actually simmer down and actually handle the situation as adults and as an organization, then things would have been better. But you forced them to sit in there for an hour and 45 minutes that night then forced him to come back the next morning, threatened to suspend him for the next game, and you didn't get the response that you were looking for, so that shook you. And I just think that the whole situation was mishandled, and a lot of just everything that followed that was a result of that mishandling of the situation, in my opinion. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Um, you know, you know, you know, they trying to help use their power to get people to, to reconcile. I mean, that shit don't work like that when somebody call you uh what do you call them a bitch ass or something like that? Like <laughs> lucky they went through yeah. it. <laughs> and 
and told yeah. them that they didn't need them. Because, like, if you had a disrespect to me like that, we're coming to blows. Ain't no more talking. Because exactly. now you're getting personal. Now we got to trade blows now. Because I'm, a, if anything, if I'm in that situation, one thing I always tell somebody, if you come to me with respect, I'll give you that same courtesy back. But if you come to me with disrespect, now I got to act just as ignorant as you because, see, now you're just doing too much. And I always try to get people to understand I'm a woman before anything. And I think in this situation, they were thinking more along the lines of, you're on my team. You're one of my players. You're going to do and get in line the way I say, as opposed to remembering. They may be professional athletes, but they're still men first. So you can't just say, I'm forcing you to apologize to somebody. How about you try to get to the root of what the actual issue is, as opposed to trying to force something to happen that wasn't about to happen at that time, even though he said the only one who can make this right is me and Kay. Speaking of Katie. So I think that he was telling them all the time what the key was to actually fixing the situation or rectifying it, so to speak, but they didn't want to hear it. They wanted it their way or no way. And it looked like they got no way, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, they was trying to play therapist and that that that, that it it went terribly for them. Uh Ella, you already went. What you think, Mello? I didn't go. Oh, my fault. Go ahead, Ella. Oh, yeah. Um, pretty much everything that you guys said. I mean, I personally thought KD was leaving regardless. So I, I thought it was really no point in them trying um, to cater to I KD. Really I love this conversation that's still playing the game have conversations. Oh, shit, hold on, quick, Mo. What'd you say, Eli? Oh, yeah, I couldn't, I didn't hear what he said. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought KD was leaving regardless, but I, I definitely know that it was handled terribly by the team. And I really put a lot of the blame on like Steph Curry and Clay because, you know, they're, they're the guys that, you know, been around and they're, they're kind of like who you, when you say Warriors, that's, that's who you think of. Like they should have, you know, right in the, in the in the meeting. I mean, right after the game, they should have had like a little team meeting and said, like, look, uh, whatever was said was said, but we we should probably squash this and move forward. Or like you you and KD can figure this out, you know, at a later time. But when KD said that everyone acted like it didn't happen, that that's kind of weird to me because like you you can't do that. They they swept it under the rug. And I understand why, like Steph, I mean Steve Kerr did it. I know why Bob Myers did it. They're they're panicking and they don't want to lose KD. But like uh, Clay and Steph, like they're they're the people in the room and they they know like the temperament of the team and everything like that. And I felt like they are the ones that should have kind of like you know squashed it immediately or at least said something and not acted like it never happened. Because acting like it never happened, that's that's what that's what makes the issue worse. And that's what happened with the Warriors. Like, it just got worse for them. Yes, Steph, Steph probably, you know, Steph probably went probably into the confrontation. Clay probably was like, man, fuck it. <laughs> but uh, go ahead, uh, uh, Mello. Uh, can I hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's like muffled, but I can hear you. No, I don't think we can hear him. All right. Uh, 
But yeah, that was you know a good analysis on that, man. You know, but y'all think I think Draymond gonna get traded now because you know I believe KD can say that because yeah, he he ain't with the uh go say anymore. You think they you think that was the icing and cake to finally they were gonna trade Draymond? No, because uh you trade Draymond, you upset Steph, and I doubt they do anything to upset Steph. Um, so I feel like Draymond said what he said because he knows he's super protected. Um and you have to, if you trade Draymond, I'm almost certain you have to go to Steph and ask him. And I'm positive Steph would be like, no, nah, that's not even remotely close to a good idea. You know, you know, I don't think, I don't even, I don't, I don't even though you say he's safe, I don't think Draymond really would care just off his personality whether he was safe or not. You know, Draymond is going to say the first thing that comes to his mind anyway. That's true. But oh, okay. I mean, I don't think Draymond wants to go to like a team that's gonna be losing. Like he'll say what he say what's on his mind, but I mean Draymond's not trying to endure the losing again. I know Draymond is true. Uh, better than that. Like he he wants to win, and yeah. he knows like he's gonna win on the Warriors. I don't know if they'll be you know like a top team like everyone says they will, but at least they'll make the playoffs and they'll win. But uh, if you get traded, they're definitely gonna trade you to like a a scrub team and Draymond would absolutely hate that. So he's still mindful of that. He gotta be. I think there might have been an icing and cake to send Ben Simmons to the uh, Golden State, man. Ben Simmons goes to Golden State. You Sixer fans are gonna be highly upset because he's gonna excel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we know he's gonna sell because you know, but I just I don't like the way he handled it when with the, I don't know if it's true or not. You know, sometimes the media would be gas and stuff. When he was like, he ain't been taking nobody's calls. I'm like, you can't get. I'm like, I, I understood the De, Rosen why he was mad because he was on uh, Toronto for all them years. They just traded away like he was the reason why they was losing LeBron James. As is LeBron, I one of the best players of all time, uh, and, and they just got rid of him. And then it's sad part they won the championship the year after they got rid of him. I know that hurt, uh, but <laughs> but, but I mean it was him. But um, that's another different day. I mean, because they were engaged, he was shooting a three. Yeah. But, but then you know Ben Simmons, I'm like, bro, the last two, maybe the last three playoffs, like you've been the reason why they haven't gone to the next level. So how are you gonna be mad at everybody else? They 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 Listen, they paid you after you messed up the one year. That, like, that that's where I disagree. Um, I feel like it's been more Joel Embiid than it has been Ben Simmons. Um, Joel Embiid is the scorer. Ben Simmons is the facilitator. Um, it's always been like that. Right. So to get mad at someone that's the facilitator and say, oh, he's not scoring enough. Well, he's the facilitator. He's supposed to, you know, make sure everyone else scores. So Tobias Harris didn't have a good series against the Hawks. There were games where he played terrible. Um, Joel Embiid went against the Hawks in the fourth quarter. He would not show up. Um, years before, Joel Embiid couldn't handle double teams and he didn't know how to pass out of double teams. And he was like, uh, very ineffective, and he was out of shape. Um, so I feel like for Joel Embiid to say that the turning point was because Ben passed up a dunk, uh, that just makes no sense because there was 10 minutes left in the game or like eight minutes left in the game, and Joel Embiid was missing shots consistently. So I would say like he should have blamed himself first, being as the best player on the team. Instead of, you know, trying to deflect and put the blame on Ben. Because uh, someone not taking a dunk and, you know, that's, that, that's not really like a momentum shift. 
because you saw the whole series, like he wasn't really that aggressive. So that's not a momentum shift. That's something that, oh, okay, that Ben is just not being aggressive. But Joel and B consistently missing shots and just not really, you know, locking in, like shooting in the paint and shooting mid-range jumpers. That that that's really the turning point because he's he started to do that all the time, and that's why they can't get past the second round. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I get no, yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, obviously it was part of blaming B too. He had what eight turnovers that one game, uh, but you know, but that you know, I've been one of the biggest Ben Simmons fans outside of you. And I'm like, when he had to throw in a Thibault and he was like, yeah, I thought they were going to block it. I'm like, bro, what? It was Trey Young and Gallinari on you. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, that, that, I mean, that really kind of pissed me off. And then it's like, um, you know, people want him to shoot threes. I mean, I, I just want him to shoot a couple of mid-ranges because, you know, I know you say he's a playmaker, but, you I mean, Chris Paul is the same type of playmaker, and we, we see he does scoring as well as playmaker. I'm not saying he got to score on the level as Chris Paul because, I mean, obviously, that, I don't know about all that. But I'm I'm saying if he if he gets us a solid ten to twelve, I feel like we'd be good. But when he gets like four and six, um, that's an issue. But when he had four, Tobias Harris had eight. Oh, and oh no one he, and oh, no one thought, said anything about Tobias Harris. I what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is no one said anything. Like they said, oh yeah, like Ben didn't score or blah blah blah. This this loss is on Ben. But I'm like, your second leader scorer had eight. <laughs> oh, don't, and don't, no don't, one brought up anything about like Tobias Harris having eight and I just feel like it's, it's there's a lot of unfair criticism that the Sixers are listening to the media and putting that on Ben when there's like so much more issues with the Sixers than there is with just like they think oh yeah we trade Ben we're gonna win a title no that's that's actually false because I feel like when they trade Ben they're gonna get worse and they're gonna become like the fourth or fifth best team in the east as opposed to being up there with Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So I feel like the Sixers are probably starting to notice that. That's why they don't want to trade Ben. And because they're asking for a lot. Yeah, yeah. But if, if they don't fix this relationship with Ben and, like, get him back to, like, on the team, the Sixers are not going anywhere. <laughs> and they're going to regret the day that they trade Ben Simmons if they actually end up trading him because that will be the biggest, the biggest mistake the organization ever made since they – tried to trade Allen Iverson before they made the finals. So we know how this, this team is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Tobias that game when we lost to the Hawks by four at they played when they beat had that, that one bad game in the playoffs that series. I mean had four points. I was like, um but um yeah let's go to the last topic. Um, so we're gonna jump right into it. Shakari Richardson versus uh Jamaica's trio. Um, you know, you know, they built the hype up, then had the commercial right before the race. Uh I'm talking about she been, I know she's been waiting for this race. She was like, they're gonna have to come see me. Um, you know, rightfully so, I felt like she was nervous, um, especially with them putting, I mean, if you know what they were doing, they were trying to get the uh the buzz, putting her right between two of the top three women of all time in hundred meters. So, I mean, rightfully so, she had a right to be nervous. Um, but, you know, she was talking crazy. But, you know, I, I love that. You know, I love people that got, you know, they got they got confident in themselves and, and arrogant because you're going to have to be arrogant in sports or ain't nobody going to take you serious. Um, but, you know, obviously she, she she put up, she talked, but she couldn't cash in what she was talking about. You know, she lost. Um, I saw her Tory Lane talking about she, she, she gave it her all. No, she, she definitely didn't give it her all. 
after that first 50 meters, she she realized she wasn't beating either one of those, either uh, Shelly or Elaine, and she just pulled up and just said, F it. Um, I didn't like that. But, you know, people talking about her interview, how she was still arrogant. I mean, I'm cool. I'd rather you stay the same person, win or, win or, win or loss, and try to switch up after you lost. And then people saying she wasn't uh, being humble. I, I feel like I was like, but in the second interview, I guess somebody in her team talked to her. She was like, uh, shout out to those girls, but they're gonna have to see me. Uh, they're gonna, I want them to continue to see you, and I'm gonna succeed too. So you know, I feel like that was the second interview was better. I just feel like on the first interview, she was kind of embarrassed because she did all that talking, and then the race came and she didn't show up. Uh, then people making fun of her pulling out of 200. I, I feel like that was a smart thing to do. If, if you see you didn't have it in the 100 meters, why are you going to go at it in the 200 meters? Um, so I feel like her, whoever told her to pull out in the 200 was smart. Um, obviously, it wasn't her day. Um, you know, it, it, it happens. It's the best of athletes. You always going to have a bad day. You know, people going to talk about you. One second they love you, next thing they hate you. Uh, but the only thing I didn't understand, I understand, like, LR, like you said earlier, I understand why the Jamaicans was going in on her because, you know, we always had that rivalry between Jamaicans and U.S. and track and field. But what I didn't understand, it was other Black women, uh, you, you know, the, the stigma is when Black women speak up or or talk most about themselves, it's considered arrogance or they're crazy. Um, but, you know, when white women do it, it's courageous. It's, it's the same with football. I mean, with men as well. But, you know, what they will always say, like, uh, Cam is outspoken, but then they would say Tom Brady or Peyton Manning courageous, and they do the same thing, if not worse. Um, but you know, I, I feel like black women always say and they overlooked and disrespected. But I see you know, a ton of black women just disrespecting her, and I never seen some people happy to see somebody else fail. Um, you know, I know she's arrogant, and cocky, but like people was like almost celebrating like it was New Year, Fourth of July, that she lost the race. As if it wasn't only one race, but you know, I, I let I let Monica start it off. I ain't gonna keep talking about it because that was it was crazy to me. You see my post already, LR. Like people was tripping. <laughs> well, um, speaking as a woman first, um, we do have a lot of um, opposition as black women. I'm gonna speak on that part first. Um, with being a black woman, when we speak with confidence, it's often seen as cockiness um, or conceitedness, but that's not the vein or the energy that we're coming from. We're just speaking, you know, patting our, popping our collars, so to speak, to keep it PG. We're talking our stuff because we can back it up. I don't think that one race defines who she is. Mm -hmm. She had been out for um, over a month. And let's just be real. A month is a long time in athletics. That's not to say that she had not been training. It's just saying she had competed in over a month. We're in football preseason right now. And the veterans, they take a few snaps to make sure that they get the game time experience. But they have to get back into playing shape too. So I just feel like yesterday she wasn't up to her usual and that's okay because people do have those moments um with so many black women dragging her that is mind-boggling to me but at the same time it's not because it's a crabs in a bucket mentality okay. and we want to see you succeed but not 
be too successful because then that respect that reflects negatively back upon us because it's showing us we're able to see ourselves in a mirror to see what we're not doing right, which I think is completely wrong. Your walk, your journey ain't got nothing to do with mine. Mm-hmm. So instead of tearing her down in a moment where she had faltered, we should have been building her up and encouraging her and telling her, yeah, you had a bad day, but you will get them next time. Everything she said in that post game, that post race interview, we should have been backing up, saying, "Talk your stuff. You got it. The next go right." And it wasn't intimidating to place up between those two, but considering all the hype, I understood why they was hyping it up. Yeah, it's just like I feel like sometimes black people we really our own worst enemies. We like to always say it's white people, but it's really us. I mean, obviously white people is a big part of playing it, but you know, we just started like we. I think we were like the only race like if, if somebody like somebody else to see it hurts us. Like I think we like the only people that think like that. Like you said, the crab in the bucket uh, mentality. Um, they feel like somebody else's success hurts them. Um, but I feel like instead of trying to break her down, she really build her up because I mean, obviously, she's probably still mourning and lost her mother. I'm not making excuses, but I mean, that, that's a reason, bro. Reason why somebody still may be out of it. People were saying she should have been ready because she'd been having a month off, and she was like, they was like the other runners had to run all them rounds at the Olympics. If anything, I felt like that would make them more ready because they already, you know, they already got the nerves out. I don't, I don't think, obviously, I don't think the Jamaican girls was nerves, they was nervous because, you know, they just ran the Olympics. So the nerves is already out. It's probably their last race for the season. Uh, she knows she talked all that stuff on the internet. I, I feel like somebody on her team should just tell her to stay the hell off social media. Um, and, you know, just she's got to focus, you know, like she said, she just still got the sixth fastest time and ever. Um, she just in between two girls that one had the second fast time all time and the other one was third, you know. Um, hopefully she uses it as a bounce back and use the work, make her work even harder to prove everybody wrong and shut up the critics. I think she has that in her. Uh, only time will tell. So we'll see. LR? I, I think, um, I mean, I didn't expect her to win the race. Um, I, I seen the Jamaican they did it in the Olympics. And I was like, these girls are pretty good. So like, I knew that, you know, this being her first race back, I know she was talking trash and everything like that, but she was just probably doing that to hype herself up because I mean, as a competitor, as an athlete, like what else would you expect from an athlete to, you know, other than to do that? But I never fully expected her. I didn't think she was going to come back. She was going to, you know, race and just beat everyone I thought she was going to lose um and she did lose I didn't think she was going to come in last of course I thought she was coming in like third fourth something like that but um for everyone to like bash her and do all this I feel like it's so unnecessary because like this is just one loss like she's gonna come back she's gonna be better she's gonna be faster she's gonna be stronger like athletes when when they lose uh, sometimes they can lose confidence or, you know, get down on themselves. Her post-game interview showed that none of that happened. She's already ready for the next race. And the mentality that she has is what makes her so great. Because I feel like the next time, I'm definitely not going to think she's going to play second, third, or anything like that. I think the very next race she has, she's absolutely winning because uh, of the attitude that she showed after her loss. Um, I loved everything that she did. 
And even like I'm I don't understand why everyone's bashing her. I'm I'm actually I just decided that I'm actually glad that they're bashing her because all the bashing that she gets will motivate her too. And that'll that'll make her want to run faster and just silence everyone that's talking negatively about her. And I mean, I love it. And I think Robbie said she should get off the, the internet. No, like I absolutely love when, you know, these athletes are on Twitter or on social media and saying what they, they truly feel. Like we shouldn't silence these athletes or say like they shouldn't do that. Uh, we should embrace it and just be like happy that they are, you know, uh, responding to like fans and stuff like that, you know, whether good or bad a response from an athlete is still like good and positive because you know there's so many that act like you know they're above all of this I love I love that KD responds and argues with you know the people that you know talk negatively about them because you know we need that we need that kind of interaction it, it makes you know it makes watching them more fun whether you're rooting for them or you're against them but like just this this unnecessary hate for no reason I don't get it and I see it, it's from people who don't even watch track and field or don't even, uh, or aren't even athletes or people who have ever ran. It's just from, you know, common. Or people uh, don't even got nothing going in their life, but they want to badge everybody else's. I'm like, bro. Well, <laughs> see, I, don't, I didn't want to go there. I just wanted to say it's not from people who, who like look at it from a competitive aspect because they haven't been in like a competitive place. So obviously I don't expect them to get it, but y'all are bashing someone for something that you could never do. You, right. these people can't, can't wake up and, and run a race against those Jamaicans and get a, an 11 sec and get 11 seconds and a hundred meters. They don't even know what it's like to get 11 seconds in anything. So like, so you're, you're bashing someone and she really just ran 11, 15. Like that's not terrible. And so what are you bashing her for? You're bashing someone that ran at 11, 15 and 100 meters? That doesn't even make sense. Like to say, oh, now she's slow. That's not slow. <laughs> That's still fast. That'll still beat that person, whoever's bashing her like three times over. Right. I'm like, so. y'all can go out there and train. And y'all, I, I don't think y'all would probably even hit a 13 or a 14. Right. Unless, unless, They'll hit like 40 seconds. And we obviously know she didn't run her best race because she ran a 10.75 in LH when she was in college as a freshman. Exactly. And the 10.75 would have still lost because the, the top runner was 10.54. So, like, I feel like they're, they're so heavy. They're so, their mindset is to bash this girl. But, like, you're not even praising the Jamaicans who, like, were really fast yesterday. Like, they were super fast. Like, yeah, like I, I know even on her best day, I don't I still don't think she would have beaten Elaine because you know, Elaine in, in, in a different, 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 different uh level. Because I feel like I feel like she, I think you know people think who's record go down first between Boats and Flojo. I think I think she's gonna finally pass Flojo before she retired. Uh I can see that getting, too. Getting closer and closer to the 10-4-9 each race. Uh yeah, 10 5 4 is tremendous numbers. So like what are you talking about? Like these people are Crazy. These yeah. people aren't. Yeah, they. It just doesn't and, make sense. And then you got Shelly and Frazier, third or third fast all time time. So I mean, you know, they. they I, I I thought even on a good day she's probably gonna get third. Um, 
But you know, I don't know my pop boy, he she was gonna win it in Olympics. Uh, he 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 sat in the state. He saw really what was happening. So I really thought she probably got third. No, if if it was the Olympics, I think she would have won. No, I don't think she would. If she was able to race in the Olympics, I think she would have won. But like first race back, yeah, there's no way. About want to win a medal or go first? I thought I think she was gonna go first. Uh no, nah, I don't think she was. Being I, I wouldn't have placed her first. Else. Yeah. Um, nothing against the, her and her abilities, but even her best time, I don't think would have beat their time. You know, it's. I think she can get there. Thanks. But I didn't see it happening yesterday. Or yeah. even if she would have competed in the Olympics, I still think that this is just my opinion. I still think that the Jamaicans would have swept. Oh, uh, oh, think, oh, you think they would have swept? No, uh, oh, I wow. think I think no, I think she would have got third, but I don't I, don't I think, think they still would have swept. The, the other girl, she all right, but you know, I think she, I think because you know Shikari, only only problem with her race is she has a terrible start, but she's yes coming fun. out the blocks she's they're faster. I will say that coming out the blocks, but I take nothing away from her and her abilities. Yeah, um, as a person who did field events for track and field, training is no joke, you know. And like someone spoke earlier and said. A lot of these people don't even follow track. Right. Right. They don't know what goes into it. What you're not being able to run is only part of it. Her mental has to be in that race. Mm -hmm. I can remember going to compete. And when we first got on the bus, we were allowed to joke and do whatever, you know, clown around. But when we got close to the competition site, even though the competition could have been still hours away, we weren't allowed to talk anymore. The laughing and joking, it went out the window. At that point, we were told to focus on what we were going to do. And that's something that I think the loss of a parent would still be able to shape that focus. And so I don't feel like she was in her best frame of mind for that race. That's just my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I think she was still not mentally, mentally right, rightfully so after her mom's passing. And then I think you know she stopped smoking. So I think that should just made it worse. Or at least she, at least she tried to stop smoking for that during the event. Hopefully, uh, you know I think she was just out of it. And then it didn't help that they put her in between, like I said, two of the top three runners of all time. Uh, <laughs> So that's kind of like that's kind of like putting Booker, them Booker in a one on one against LeBron and Michael Jordan. They prime like anybody rightfully so would be like at least nervous. And I feel like in an interview, people were saying she was talking crazy. I just felt like she was embarrassed. She looked like she was ready to cry, but she tried to play it off. Um, and she just she just she just went crazy on the interview. But then the second interview, she's at least she I guess somebody talked to her and she got a little bit better and was like, yeah, they're great athletes. I wish the best for them. And their success, but I'm also gonna have mine too, which was just a reason, an honest answer. Uh, so I and I honestly, honestly, I don't think she was embarrassed because, like, when you when you lose to like like best runners in the world, that's not that's not embarrassing. Um, and I think Monica even even mentioned it. Sometimes the loss is because like your mental is not there, and sometimes the loss is if you get off to like a bad start in track. 
in track, like the way you start off uh, when you when you first like uh, when you first start um, running off the the break, um, that 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 really uh, helps your success or hurts you. And you know, she just she really just didn't get a good start. Um, she she started like very poor, and, and you know that's why she came in last. Like that's why everyone laughed her. And that could be because mentally she was she just wasn't focused or she she wasn't like a hundred percent into the race. So that 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 was another thing. Like people are, are bashing someone that just didn't have a good start. Like sometimes that that's the difference between winning and losing. And um that's what happened there. Yeah, but with her, that's I mean she, she never had a she never has a good start because even in the trials, the girl Oliver and Daniel was leading her and she just pulled away at that 70 meter mark. So the only issue was she knew she wasn't closing, she can't come from behind against Elaine and Shelly and Freedom. Which once you get behind them, is it's basically over. Cause they're gonna hold oh them, yeah, you maintain or what would Elaine pick up? So yeah, that that that's that's very true. Um yeah, you, you yeah against those two. But what what was the what was Elaine's uh, numbers in the Olympics uh, when she when she won the final? She went ten six ten six one or ten six three one of them two. And y'all really y'all really don't think that Richardson could have beat that? No, she went she went ten eight and that was her fastest race. Well, no, she went ten seven in LSU, but ten eight as a pro that was her fastest race. Uh, so the 1075, I think that still would have been shaky. That might have got a third because I don't, you know, when Shelly and Freda, she gets out strong and she knows how to either hold, maintain that speed. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's here in pickup, but she always knows how to hold and fight off people through the tape. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's up with Shelly and she doesn't really have um, Bro, she like that acceleration. <laughs> that, that, that is probably it. Yeah, she doesn't have that acceleration that, that uh, the other racers have. She's definitely misconsistent yeah oh yeah she's 34 yeah and then elaine like i think elaine like i think elaine only like a year older than what than me so she i think she's 29 so she got a few more she got a lot of left in the tank with her and i feel like shelly ann goes in and runs another olympics and since it's three years if it was four years maybe iffy but three more years i think she's still i don't think she's gonna be the same girl but uh woman but i still like i feel like she's still uh, running the next Olympics was it in Paris. Uh, I think so, but I mean to come in to come in silver at her age, yeah, I crazy. feel like she she owes it to herself to to run another one because I think I think getting gold is very possible for Shelly Ann. <laughs> but I mean I I can see Elaine winning again, but I I can still see Richardson winning uh the next Olympics, but we'll see. I like I like the energy, brother. You mean, you just I mean, I can see her winning the next one because honestly, the race yesterday needed to happen, mm-hmm. and it for me like my high school <laughs> basketball team, the girls, they went to state, they lost. The coach would not allow them to walk out the side door, and she would not allow them to drop their heads. They had to walk out and walk past the team that beat them. Mm-hmm. And when they asked why, when they got on a bus, she told them, because I want you to remember how this felt because her whole team was returning. She said, I want you to remember how I felt. You don't like losing. Remember that. 
remember this feeling of today. The next year, that same team went 32-0 and won the state championship because they said they remembered that feeling and they never wanted to feel that again. I think yesterday needed to happen and she's going to come back training harder and working harder to attain the goal because see now they're her catalyst. They, that's She's gunning for them, so to speak, because to be the best, you compete against the best. And she has, and I feel like at this point now she knows what she needs to do what she needs to put forward in order to beat the best. Cause she is one of the best, but she don't want to be one of the best. She wants to be the best. So yesterday had to happen. Yeah, I was kind of glad it happened now. Um, so she get, hopefully that got the nerves out. She know what she need to work on. I mean, she should have known for a while she need to work on that start. But hopefully she finally get get the kinks out of that and get, get, a, get a full 100 meter runner. Perfect race. I mean, not saying perfect, but as close as perfect as you can. Um, so I think she'll be ready. And people was like talking about the 200. That's not really her best event anyway. So I, I didn't know why she was going to run that anyway. But um, you know, it is what it is. So hopefully, uh, hopefully she uses as, as a learning lesson, bounces back, and proves everybody wrong. And, she, and you know that she's still that girl, like she say. And you know, hopefully, you know she come back even stronger. So anybody got any closing remarks? I'm ready for college football. Oh, yeah. Go Buckeyes. Roll tight. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Blog Access One, one-on-one on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You have Apple Podcasts. Um, don't forget to subscribe, write a review, tell a friend to tell a friend. All right. See y'all next week. We appreciate everyone that's listening to the podcast, writing reviews, and sending out the link to other people to listen. Also, we have now have on our anchor.fm slash blog access 101 uh, support where you can send monthly payments of either a dollar, uh, $5, and or $9. Uh, no amount is too little. We appreciate uh, what we can get that will help us be able to get big name athletes to uh, interview on a podcast and buy other uh, supplies you might need for a podcast in the later future. Thank you. Make sure to follow us on social media at Blog Access 101 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow our Facebook page at Blog Access 101. Also, we're doing a $100 giveaway challenge right now. Follow us on Instagram and follow the details for the $100 giveaway uh, qualifications. Also, don't, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify by searching Blog Access 101. If you have an iPhone, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're trying to get our ratings up to get in the rankings board. And if you have Android phone, make sure you subscribe or follow on uh, Spotify or Google Podcasters and uh, view some of the videos. Thank you.